So we have been talking about the power and the harvest, and this is lesson or part five, and it's scriptural evidence. And so I have to really watch myself so that we do really get into the scriptural evidence of our, our subject matter. And what we've really been talking about is we have, uh, and I have my Bible open to it, and it says, from your distance, you probably can't see it, but it's the Acts. Well, the Acts of what? The Acts of the Apostles. So I'm just really so thankful, and I'll bet you are too, is that we have a book, 27 chapters, is that right? I think so. Yep. I'll make sure before I say, yep, from all, I, all the reading I do in it, and then sometimes 27 chapters, 28 chapters. 28 chapters of a documentary of the works of everyone who took up the mantle or the baton and went forward with it i love reading about matthew mark luke and john that's our, my lord he's my prototype but then i love to see that others besides himself took it up and went forward with it and this is the only book we have this is the only book really that we have of now there's certain mentions of miracles and different things and other but as far as uh us besides for the lord I'm so thankful that he gave me something to look back and say, okay, this is what I want you to duplicate. I want you to have one of these, one of these what's, one of these book of Acts. And so he didn't just give us an assignment and say have a revival and then you figure out what a revival looks like. We actually have got one devoted 28-chapter book that tells us what revival looks like. And so we're kind of looking into that and kind of chronicling along. But what we want to look at is... A, a more a continuation here's my objective i'll just tell you right to start with her here's his objective if he can continually convince you how important it is for you to pray just that vanilla just you know i could say a whole lot other to pray go into your prayer closet for this outpouring then you're either going to do it or you're just going to absolutely choose to be a disobedient it's just you know, there are no, if you, if you know, and then you don't do, it's just total, you chose. But my hope is the more convinced you are of being on the right track and looking into a book that says, this is the polarization. This is the actual, this is what it looks like. This is what we're headed for. If we, if we don't stop, it's going to be either us or somebody, but it's pro pro prophetically written. that's going to take place. This gospel will take place. It'll be duplicated once again. Joel's army will rise up. I hope you're reading the letters that we write and send out to you. They're very, very powerful. And uh, God's in those letters. Uh, the one was, uh, you know, we usually give you the prophecies that we have recently shared or the Holy Spirit has shared. And we go over those prophecies. But uh, in that last letter is the prophecy. And uh, so... That was the prophecy from last Sunday, and it was about yieldedness, humble. What's the, the title name? Humility is yieldedness. Thank you. So in that, we quote from, or we actually list Luke 6, 46 through, I think, 49. But Jesus said this, very interesting. He said, why call you me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? So it was a quandary for Jesus, and it's a quandary for us who are following him. And I won't preach that 
letter, but Jesus was saying, why would you call... The first Lord was an acknowledgement of his lordship supreme overall to the church. Lord, Lord, the second Lord was a personalized. You are supreme, you're God supreme or you're Lord supreme, but personally, I'll do what you ask me to do. I'll take your supremacy and turn it into a lordship. Lord, Lord, why would you say Lord, Lord? Well, the Holy Spirit has been saying Jesus as if you might as well, if he, you could say this, I, say, I think I, I could say this with all sincerity, it's just as well Jesus came right down here and stood in this pulpit and looked at all of us and said, will you go into prayer to birth this revival? And all of us would say, and I hope you have said, yes, Lord, because you're asking it, and then if we turn and walk away and use every excuse in the book, I'm too busy, I'm too this, I'm too this, I'm too that. Homer said something with a lot of love. I mean, he said a lot. of It was really love. I didn't get any condemnation out of it at all. You may say, well, that's because it doesn't touch your life. But, I mean, it doesn't matter where you are. He said, you're not going to, you know, he ministered Wednesday night I'm talking about. And however he put it, it's not verbatim, but he said, You're not gonna, we're not going to reach this with a, uh, one psalm a day. Well, what, what do you mean one psalm a day? What, psalms are great. And he, and he said, you're a Christian. God loves you. You're going to heaven. You're not gonna, we're not going to reach this one psalm a day. Why, why? One psalm a day takes about, what, you can read a psalm in three minutes. And a ten-minute prayer on your lips that's not what he's prescribed for us to get there. And I said, and I believe lovingly in that letter, I said this. I said, you know, praise God. And I mean this from all my heart. Uh, and I'm saying it now. Praise God for anyone who knows Christ and, and, and following the Lord. But your um, devotional in the coffee shop on the way to work over a bagel that's not the prayer life that he's asking that's not going to get it done now i know this may be overreaching for some people and they say well no you know what well look among us that's why we have so few right now but we're headed somewhere we're headed towards the book of acts i'm looking over here at my phone and i know i'll probably need it later that's why keep staring over that no i'm staring at that beautiful lady is what i'm doing to tell you the truth so um we're going to go into scripture here but before we do no i was going to have you say something but before we do let me say this not that i really feel impressed that i have to that there's some kind of argument among us because that i'm i'll tell you the truth too why wouldn't you in the pulpit i should <laughs> i'm not preaching at anybody I don't, nobody needs, you know, this is not going out to a, a correct somebody, but it could, it could. There's no argument that I'm trying to answer other than something that could be. But let me say this, uh, the harvest is now, okay? The harvest is now. Um, I believe emphatically in, and let me say, you witness whenever you can, you share the gospel whenever it arises, whenever you're led. 
Um, whenever you can pray for somebody, pray for somebody. You'll often find me, if you go to Dent, Candy, Candy Can Testify, I'll oftentimes uh, ask the waitress, after I've talked to her for a while, or he for a while, I'll say, do you have Christ in your life? And sometimes they're honest and say no, and I'll, you know, uh, share Christ. I, I listen most every place I go. But I don't, I'm not an evangelist like you just go in there to, and just go from co- to the coffee shop, go from table to table, table to table, you know, go into the mall. Just no, my witnessing is prompted. I listen. Uh, um, so I listen and I do according to, because I know it's this, the, the harvest. It's always, the harvest is always ripe. I'm not saying four months. I'm not saying when the revival gets here, then the harvest starts. Okay. The harvest is not created. The revival or outpouring does not create the harvest. The harvest is empowered by the outpouring. Do you understand that? It has to be empowered. So uh, witness wherever you can, whenever you can. Mine is, uh, mine is present tense personally. It's a leadership witnessing and uh, involvement like that. So the harvest is now. But would you say this with me, and we'll probably repeat it. You need to learn it from the outgo of this, and we reset it a couple weeks ago. First, the power. That's pretty good for a small crowd, but you need to make, it, make me feel like we've got a whole bunch of people. First, the power. That's better. And then the harvest. First, the power. And then the harvest. I hope you're saying it out loud at home. Hallelujah. The outpouring that is coming and now is beginning empowers the harvest. It does not create it. God's not waiting for a revival for people to get the opportunity to get saved or to get healed. Now, I will read these notes, and then we're going to go to Scripture and uh, go right through. Kind of an apologetic way to say this. If we look at the book of Acts, and that's our, that's our manual, for what revival looks like. What you will see invariably throughout the book of Acts is that you will see a manifestation of power and that manifestation of power tsunamis into a harvest. In other words, people get saved. So my argument is this, or the Holy Spirit's argument is this. If the power brings the harvest, what brings the power? It has to be intimate prayer it has to be fasting it has to be because otherwise now we've seen decades and decades of wonderful works and you know i'm i'm all for what i feel like when somebody has something to do why would i put up what i just put up the the announcement so i'm a hundred percent for that but i'm telling you without let me read it as he said it you can have all the outreaches possible and you can have all the crusades possible but the harvest of the earth will not take place without a supernatural empowerment it won't take place and you can't get it through uh an election you can't get it you know thank god it looks like there's going to be some changes in november possibly but revival will not start then revival will not start if there's a wonderful change in 2024 
those things don't start revival. Homer said it right, and boy, he, he had it right. We need just as much. I mean, the Republicans need to get saved. We need change in the, de- pub- <laughs> we need change in the Democrats. God is neither one. God is all about, when, when God bleeds, or, or he doesn't bleed, God ekes out Jesus. Father, what's your political agenda? Agenda, Jesus Christ and him crucified. Jesus Christ and him crucified. Hallelujah. Witness and pray for the sick whenever it's possible, but the main assignment remains a commitment to the prayer closet for the birthing of what of what outreaches and crusades and fellowships cannot give us. Now I'll say this, and I'm not being mean towards it. Again, it's p- more of the argument against any kind of where we're at versus where maybe others might be persuaded. Well, you guys are trying to get something. You, you guys are you, you guys are isolating yourself. When Jesus said, go into the, all the world and preach the gospel. Yes, but he said, wait. And they waited and they got the power and, and a great things happened. Now that power has been lost. It got lost. That's, it, if it would have continued, then we wouldn't have to say we need a revival. But we need a revival because that power got lost. So the power that they were preaching with in the book of Acts is non-existent oh it's here on earth in the person of the holy spirit but it's not manifesting because they lost it religion lost it so it won't help it won't work just to keep doing the same old thing and believing for different results so the argument against where we're at not that anybody's presented it to me especially here locally but Hit, let's hit the street. You need to hit the streets. Hit the streets. Have you ever heard? Hit, let's hit the streets. Well, I'm not being mean, but what I really want to do is to provoke a group of people who think. Who think not just uh, with their minds, but think with their spirits. Okay, what, what does it mean to hit the streets? Well, you, you know, hit the streets. Hit the street. Get... No, what? No, tell me what 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 street are you talking about? Is there a particular street you want to go to, or what street? No, let's hit the streets. Get out there and hit the streets. Well, first of all, I'll tell you, your street is wherever you work, wherever you live, your neighbors around you, your family. Let's just reason for a moment, okay? Let's just let's just do some God. Hit the streets. What are you talking about? Hit the streets. Are you talking about getting a big bullhorn, get on the edge of 41 and you're not going to do any good. Those people, God bless them with their signs. Jesus saves. Okay, maybe sometimes they get a look. But Paul said, I am not as one that beats the air. You can spend months, years, and weeks standing on a street corner in America now. It's not going to... Well, let's go from door to door. 
the society that we live in now, and first of all, in Florida, you can't even get into the gated communities. They won't even let you in. Where, who are you going in there to see? I'm going to go door to door and hit the streets. They're not going to let you in there. And if you don't turn around, you're going you're to get arrested. Well, I'm going to go door to door. Listen, that, that doesn't work anymore. That's gone. That, and it never really, actually, I'll tell you this. If you read through the 28 chapters of the book of Acts, you won't find that. You won't find that pattern. That pattern doesn't exist. It doesn't, it, well, it, it doesn't exist. Just read it. So, I mean, what, what was ever left over from the residual of that, the Mormons and the Jehovah Witnesses have made everybody, when you see somebody walking up, if, it, if he doesn't have an Amazon sticker on or an, or an UPS, you know, or whatever, you're like, close the door and shout it, the crazies are coming, you know. You're not going to get, you're not, you're not going to get anywhere. Well, let's just go to the mall and what? And go up to a bunch of people, pe- person. You you may get one person who's a little bit interested. And again, if you're in the mall and God says go over and talk to that person, your spirit led. Do that. But you're gonna you're gonna get, now. Now I will tell you where street ministry has some application to the inner city streets where people are just living out of their cars and on the streets. And that's, that's where uh, Mario has, but you have, a ha- you have to, listen, here's the deal. If you're going to do that, if you're going to hit the streets where, because that, that doesn't involve the upper class and it doesn't involve the middle class, they're in their homes, they're in a place, they're not in the streets. They're not in the streets. They're not, they're not on every corner, they're not, in the parks, they're not, you know, living out of their cars. Those are the, and I'm just saying, those are the lower class. I'm not calling them low. That's, they're the down and outs, the broke, the, they don't have any. Now, if you want to go and join a ministry like that, but here's the deal. If you go to them, and Mario knows this as well, or anybody like this, you don't just go to them with the gospel. You go to them with a gospel and a sandwich. Do you understand that? You have to, if you're going to hit the inner city streets, you have to go with a pack, a bag of clothes and a sandwich and the gospel. And then you have to have a follow-up program. And besides that, you better, they have intercessors. They have, they'll school you on what to watch for. I'm convinced, I, I'm sorry, I'm convinced that a lot of people that we call martyrs didn't die because they were martyrs. They died because they were just overzealous. They didn't hear God. They said, I'm just going to go. No, wait a minute. God would have told you, don't go yet. He told Jesus, don't go back. A lot of people get killed and the inner cities now are so dangerous if you don't get a direct word from god and you go in there and get killed i'm not calling you a martyr i'm not i'm just saying bless their heart they didn't have good sense they should have had better sense well they died for christ no they died because they they were overzealous and they should have listened because you can get killed nowadays you better know what you're doing and if you're going to do something like that on hitting the streets, you better do it with a ministry that's trained and trains their people. But uh, that's an evangelist, okay? They, 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 and, and there's a call for that. So do we have scriptural evidence that supports our pursuit of the prayer closet first for the prayer closet first for the purpose of receiving the power? Could you say with me again, first the power and then the harvest? 
You did that pretty good without having to, to, to uh, be pro provoked again and to do it. So turn with me to the book of Acts chapter 1. We've got to be quick through some of these because we've already covered them. And we've got several scriptures to go to and may not get to all of them. This is more of a, a uh, Bible study or Bible reading time. We're going to look at chapter 1, verses 3 through 5. And this is uh, speaking of Jesus, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion, that's passion being his crucifixion and resurrection, by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Okay, I'll just stop right there. Oh, and I'll go down to five, as I said. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but do what? Everybody, what does it say? Wait for the promise of the Father, which he saith, you've heard of me. For John truly baptized you with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. So Jesus told them to go, wait. We've told you this is the same setting as Mark chapter 16. This is when he ascended. He tells them to go and wait and to go and wait in Jerusalem. So I will read this to you. Don't, you don't have to turn there. 1 Corinthians 15 uh, verses 4 through 6 says this, And that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures, and that he was seen of Cephas, that's Peter, then of the twelve. After that he was seen above five hundred brethren at once, of whom the greater part remaineth unto this present time, or present but some are falling asleep. Now, we'll just bring that up to say this. You've heard me say this before, and you've discovered maybe yourself, is that on, before he left, and Paul is writing in Corinthians, he was seen above 500 people with infallible proofs, and there's no doubt in my heart and mind that they heard the same commission, go wait for the promise of the Father. Everybody say above 500. Above 500, above 500 means more than 500 people. How many, I'll quiz you on this, you know it in it already. How many people were basically in the upper room? How many? 120. These aren't trick questions. There were 120. What does that mean? It means 380 people at least got diverted, got distracted. I don't feel so bad. Jesus himself stands up in 500. Listen, 500 above 500 saw him ascend into heaven. Now, do you think that if somebody told me, if the man that is going up in the clouds says, go wait, and then he ascends, to me now, where I'm at, from my spiritual disposition, if he tells me to go to another city and wait until what he tells me is coming gets there, I'm going to, at least 380 people in that sandwich of time found an excuse why they could not be in the upper room. I don't feel so bad sometimes when I look at our prayer groups and I think, wow, <laughs> I've invited people to come and pray and I don't know where everybody's at. But you know what? Jesus, he, he, he asked people to go and they didn't show up. But the people that showed up brought the power. Isn't that right? So let's look at, and that was 10, listen. Okay, we'll go to Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. 
And it says here, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly, we're going to read through uh, verse 4, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with, with other tongues as the Spirit gave them, what? Utterance. So what we see here is that Jesus said, go wait. And it says that it was, he was seen after his passion 40 days. Everybody say 40 days. Because I don't usually get you to repeat all this. I just want it to stick in your minds. 40 days after his, his passion, he was seen of all the apostles. And he was seen above 500 people. Then he tells them, go wait uh, for the promise. Go wait in Jerusalem. Now the Bible tells us on the day of Pentecost that the power fell. On the day of Pentecost, the, the power fell. When was Jesus crucified? He was crucified on the Passover. He became our Passover. It is 50. The word Pentecost means 50. It is 50 days from Passover to Pentecost. 50 days. 50 day. Pentecost, Passover, Pentecost, 50 days. From his passion, from his resurrection, he was seen 40 of those days. What does that mean? What's 40 minus, or what's 50 minus 40? It's 10. There's about 10 days that they waited. Seven, if you go from the day he was uh, crucified and put in the ground, or you just, from the day of his passion, of his resurrection, seven to 10 days they waited on what they did not know. They never had received it. Now, <laughs> Their wait was shorter than our wait now for revival, but nevertheless, they were waiting seven to ten days, waiting, and I'll guarantee you, they weren't just sitting around ho-hum. They had no cell phones to look at, like many of you are right now, and they were, just, they were just going through the process of believing God and calling on God for God to fill them with this promise that Jesus had promised was going to come. Hallelujah. So they were believing. What happened? It says the Holy Ghost fell on them that day, and they were all baptized with the Holy Spirit. But what? Okay, that's the what? Come on, sharp crowd. Is that the power? That's the power. The power comes. The power comes. As a result of that, Peter stands up and preaches a wonderful message. But after he preaches the message based on the empowerment, then we read this scripture. In fact, let's continue. It's been too long since I heard you say it. First, the what? And then what? Oh, praise God. Verse 37 says this in chapter 2. It says, look at verse 37 through 41. And when they heard this, that was after he preached, they were pricked in their hearts and said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? And Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. 
and the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourself from this untoward generation. And they gladly received the word and were baptized the same day. And there were added unto them about what? 3,000 souls. Talk to me, group. I hope you have your Bibles open. I hope you're not just sitting there without a Bible. Goodness gracious, bring your Bibles to church or your smart device. How do you know if I'm not lying to you? My goodness alive. I think sometime I'm going to read up here something about Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. And you're going to say, glory to God. Hallelujah. Uh, yes, hallelujah. Yeah, boy, you're right on. Man, you are you're a brain surgeon today. You're, you're kicking it out. Read the word. Make sure I'm not lying to you. Make sure somebody, make sure every word that is spoken. Yeah, we need Dr. Jim up here this morning. My goodness, hallelujah. He's coming in February. Glory be to God. So after the power came what? The harvest. How many got saved? 3,000 people got saved in one afternoon. Now, Acts chapter 3. Let's look at verses 1 through 10. Here we're going to, here comes the power. Here it comes. Here it comes. They, they weren't trying, they didn't, they weren't even trying to put together any kind of, it just happened because it was being birthed. It was on a constant, it was on a, it was on a loop. <laughs> it was on a constant loop. Verse 1 through 10, chapter 3. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And, certain, and a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. And Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediate his feet and the ankle bones received strength. And he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered into, with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew that it was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at all which had happened unto them. What just happened? There was a notable miracle. The power came. Bam! The power comes. The power comes. See, this gospel is the same thing Homer was preaching Wednesday night. If this gospel is not demonstrated, it's not going to be believed. And why should it be? But we've, we've got, and this is, where, this is where it seems so insignificant what you and I are doing right now to go into a huddle, to a place of obscurity for an hour or two a day or whatever time you can sacrifice and go in there and call on the name of the Lord and say, Lord, I'm believing that I'm having an effect on that which is coming because when that which is coming gets here it's going to have an effect go with me to chapter 4 verse 4 after there was a long dialogue between the opposers which was the jewish crowd of uh, leaders uh 
about you know what just happened to this man um then in in verse four the bible tells us how be it many of them which heard the word believed as a result of seeing this man this whole thing that leading up i'm i'm shortening shortening this for you this whole thing leads up this man gets healed there's a there's a persecution that comes immediately that day against uh, Peter and John and they hold them overnight and you know there's a whole thing but then it back it kind of goes back and tells you how be it many of them which heard the word believed and the number of the men was about 5,000 hallelujah first the power then the harvest say it again first the power and then the harvest. Okay, so 5,000. We we're on a roll here. 3,000, 5,000. This is what we're expecting. I'm expecting a duplication like this. I'm expecting signs and wonders to follow us. And I'm expecting a great harvest to take place. Here's the catalyst. It's prayer. Here's the catalyst. Seeking the Lord. Here's the catalyst. Homer had it right again. Wednesday night. I can't get there unless I do this. What is this? This is my... Oh, man, listen, it never, I don't know that it ever, I don't, I, you, okay, I, I want to really be careful here. You know, I've got somewhat of a track record of being able by his grace to accomplish some uh, fastings. I don't know that it ever, your flesh never, ever kind of like buddies up to that. It never likes it. You can do a long one and then come out of it and then it's like, your, your flesh, you know, like I did that last year. Your flesh, I don't care what you did last year. You like food. But we, we're not, listen, you can shun to lie and shun to lie. And that's part of it. And we, but here, here's another thing. Here, here is a supernatural. Here's, here's something supernatural. Here's that plate. Here's the spaghettis and meatballs. And, or that wonderful... Um, Mexican food, all this tortillas and fajitas and all. Come on now, we're talking now. But you got, I, I listen. I, yeah, okay, so I'm a cracker, but I'm not totally cracker. I got some, I do have my, I told you my grandmother has got some uh, Spanish in her. That, that's the part of me. I do like the hot stuff. I can't eat as hard. Uh, Homer can beat me, but I do like the hot stuff. But here's the deal it's supernatural to push this plate back and go away for a day or two or three days or however long because we won't get there unless we do this as well hallelujah i'm just glad you're here because <laughs> i've run everybody else off <laughs> no not really a lot of people are out of town so five thousand were saved hallelujah uh, they go, I won't read all this, but they go and report all of what happened to them in chapter 4. I will, I will see if I can just discover where this is at. Chapter 4, uh, it starts about 23. Come on down. They're reporting to the group, to the, you know, to the brethren, what the persecution that they just went through by, because they, you know, healed this crippled man or christ healed this crippled man and in verse 29 of chapter 24 it says now lord behold their threatenings this is that they've got back with their with their brethren 
Behold their threatenings and grant unto thy servants that with boldness they may speak the word by stretching forth thine hand to heal and that signs... Whoa! They're asking for it. Lord, show people that we are who we say we are. Stretch forth your hands with signs and wonders that may be done by the name of the holy child Jesus. And when they had prayed, this is how much God likes that prayer. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. And they were filled, all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they spake the word with boldness. Now, I always marveled at this verse. And I love it because it tells me this. This is not the one-time baptism when you get baptized and have the capacity to. But there is continual. You're supposed to have a continual refilling. And this, now this verse is not that uh, they preached to somebody else and, the, and they got saved and got filled. This was Peter and John and the apostles. And it says, and they were, <laughs> they got baptized, or how does it say here? They were filled. It didn't say baptized. They were filled with the Holy Ghost. We ought to have many and a continual. And it said the place was shaken. He showed up. Glory be to God. Can you speak in tongues? Yes. Have you been baptized? Yes. But I want a continual f- filling up. <laughs> Glory be to God. Hallelujah. So Acts chapter 5. I'll kind of just exhort this a little bit. Acts chapter 5. Uh, I just want you to see it's in, in, in every chapter, chapter 5. This is Ananias and Sapphira. And, you know, they lied to the Holy Ghost about what they were giving. He said, you know, you could have kept this whole thing. You didn't have to give it. But when you gave it and said it was, you lied. It wasn't, listen, get this. You got to get this. It wasn't what they done. It was when they done it. Might not be good English, but it gets a point of it wasn't what they did, it was when they did it. You can get by with a lot of junk, like most of the church does, in unanointed, non-empowered times. But when the power is turned up, it was not what they did, it was when they did it. And so they were presenting stuff with a pretense. Barnabas had just presented and gave a bunch of money and land uh, to the the church, uh, uh, money from land to the church. And they were doing, they they were pretending. And when they laid this money down, it was as if they were saying, this is all I got because we want you to respect us like everybody else. It was the pretense they wanted. It was show. God didn't kill them for show. They lost their life is because what had just happened in Jerusalem was perfect. It was pure. It, was, it had a standard to it. And God did not want anybody putting trash on top of the standard of purity because if they'd allowed that, it allowed a seed, an absolute seed. And Peter didn't have anything to do with it. He just prophesied. I mean, it came on him. He said, you know, 
Ananias, did you? It don't even tell you that Ananias laid it down and said it so much. He just brought it up and put it down, and it was a, everybody's watching. It's a pretense, and there's a pure thing going on. Listen, when the blind are seeing, and the lame are walking, and the deaf are hearing, and that's where we're headed, you don't want to put on no air like you are somebody that you're not. Because you can go home real quick. Real quick. And that's where we're headed. So, laid that down like, yeah, we did that. He said, why, why do you lie to the Holy Spirit? They didn't lie as in saying, Holy Spirit, we're giving this and it's not as much as we really made on that. that was, they were lying to the essence of the anointing that was present. And that's what killed them. First, the power. Everybody say it. Oh, now that power there is a little different, isn't it? That's not, not heal, that's not the blind seeing the lame walking, but it is power. See, the church at large, at large, they can come to a service and they can just, they can do whatever, they, they don't fear God anymore. Do you know, here I'm not trying to be, he's, he's a loving father, but do you know your breath is in his hands? Your breath is in his hands. And the church doesn't fear. They can just lie and cheat and steal and they just think, God. So, there's a fear coming back on the church. A right. If you fear God, you'll not fear the devil. Oh, that's really good. So the power came. Uh, and then in, so it says in, in verse 11, as a result of that, and great fear came upon all the church and upon as many as heard these things. I haven't heard it in the last three minutes. I need to hear it. First, the what? Okay, thank you so much. Look at verse 12. It says their fear came, but chapter 5, verse 12, it says fear came upon the, all the church and upon as many as heard these things. What did they hear? They heard and seen that these two people had just lost their life by lying to the Holy Ghost. And it says here, verse 12 through 16, And by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people, and they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch, and the rest durst no man join himself unto them, but the people magnified them, and believers... And what does it say? Now here, here we go. Here's the harvest. And believers were the more added to the Lord. Multitudes. Everybody say multitudes. Multitudes, both men and women. Part of this is the fear that they're, they're, they're just watched. They just seen this. God's in our midst. He's not only healing people, but he's taking people home quick. And, the belief, and as a result of it, first the power, then the harvest. The believers were more added to the Lord. Multitudes, both men and women. Inasmuch, now I like, now here's, here to me is real street ministry. This is street ministry at its best. Here's street ministry personified. Glory be to God. Inasmuch as they brought forth the sick into the streets and laid them on 
beds and couches that at the least, glory to God, at the least the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. And there came also, I love this word, what does it say? First, say it, first the multitudes is the harvest. There came also multitudes out of the cities round about unto Jerusalem, bringing the sick folk and them which were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed. I, 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 wait a minute. My Bible, miss, they messed up. Not King, I love King James, but when they, the printer, the printer messed my, I, I read this wrong. I just saw something here. It says, and they healed, and they were healed. And the last two words in my Bible, excuse me, says, everyone, all of them. Is that what yours? If you don't, you need to run back there where Rex is at. There's a nice trash can back there. And chunk it. Just chunk it. Hallelujah. All of them. First time. Every time. First the power. Then the harvest. Stephen in uh, verse or chapter 6. Chapter 6, we won't go into that. You know, he's, uh, it's a beautiful story. Two chapters, 6 and 7, are devoted primarily to Stephen. His whole, the whole thing that took place. He's the first real martyr of the church. And he laid down his life and uh, gave his life for the ministry of, of true ministry, a true martyr, I should say. Um, but look at verse, we, we hardly ever read this one so much. We talk about him giving his life. But prior to giving his life, one of the reasons why he was targeted, look at chapter 6, verse 8. Chapter 6, verse 8, and it says, And Stephen, full of what? Faith and power, did great wonders and did, you can put did, miracles among the people. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, it, it got him stoned and we're not going to believe that it happens for you but you better be ready to give your life in these last days and i i'm this isn't a brag but i don't think you're going to get there unless you're going to a church similar to there to this to be ready or hearing this message boy we love every one of you watching you're so precious we want to help grow you up as we're growing up because we're all in a growing process we're being changed from Glory to glory, from 30 to 60 to 100 fold. We haven't arrived, but boy, we believe with everything inside of us that we're on the right path. And, and that's why you're here, and that's why you believe as well. So I'll exhort most of this. Uh, chapter 8, 6 and 7 is Stephen, his martyrdom. Chapter 8 uh, is Philip, you know, starts goes into his ministry going down to Samaria and uh, Philip goes down there and he preaches the word. Uh, let's go to chapter 8. That's what I should do. Chapter 8, verse, verses uh, uh, 4 through 8. Let's look at that. Uh, yeah, okay, that'll, that'll get it done. Therefore they went... Uh, they that were scattered abroad because there was a great persecution. We're skipping stuff, but we're kind of cueing you in right at the right point. Went everywhere preaching the word. 
Then Philip, he was one of the seven that was chosen with Stephen, you know, and went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the what? Why did they give heed to what he said? Because they seen the miracles that were taking place. We marked Stephen as a martyr, but his first thing before he ever died, he was marked with signs and great wonders and with miracles. See, this is, this, this is the only thing I've got to let me know what I'm after. But if I read this, I'd say, okay, that, that's got it, that's, I want that. I want this continual outpouring like this. So it says here, and he went down and... Uh, Verse 7 says, For unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out of many that were possessed with them and were taken with palsies that were lame and were healed. So, hallelujah. And there was great joy in the city. How many believes there's going to be great joy wherever we're at? Great joy. Hallelujah. So uh, then after this same chapter, uh, Philip is directed by the Spirit to go out in the wilderness. He runs into the uh, eunuch that is the um, treasure for the Queen Candace, Queen Candace of Ethiopia. And he comes up to his chariot right at the right time where he's reading out of the book of Isaiah. I believe it's Isaiah 53 because he's talking about um, you know, as a sheep before the shearer is dumb. And he said, uh, the eunuch says, is the man talking? He said, Philip said, uh, now I'm paraphrasing. I, I didn't read it this morning, but I'm remembering. He said, uh, do you know what you're reading? I'm paraphrasing. No, how can I except somebody tells me? But by the way, can you tell me this? Yes. Is the, the writer here, is he talking about himself or someone else? Oh, perfect opportunity. Hallelujah. I'm glad you asked me that. So he gets up and expounds Jesus, crucified. And as they go along, they come to water and the eunuch says, because he's going back to Ethiopia. He's, is, uh, isn't it amazing how God can have the right person at the right time and they can be somebody that can have influence? Now, if you are going to open up a whole nation, you want somebody that has power to be able to witness at the top god did not thank god for any you know pauper slave poor person that would have ever went to jerusalem to worship but if philip would have witnessed to them and they went back uh to ethiopia they would have never maybe never got a audience with the queen but this man works with her every single day Every single day. And it says here uh, in verse 39, it says, And when they were come up, because he baptized him, that when they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord called away Philip, that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way, what? Rejoicing. Do you think, let me, let me hear you say it again. First the what? And then, do you think that Philip disappearing 
had any effect on the unit going back and being totally convinced that the experience that he had had was real? Absolutely. We have preached this gospel, tried to preach it with no, with very little, it's not that he w- didn't want to, but with very little assistance. It really ought to be so easy. When you look at Peter's Day of Pentecost sermon, I'm like, it's pretty good, but it's like, like you know, it's not a wow. <laughs> it's not like, wow, I've never heard anything like that before. I mean, like, yeah, it's good. Yeah, praise God. But it got, it harvested 3,000. What are we after? We're after atmosphere. An atmosphere. An anointing. An endowment of presence that will not be found except we go into the prayer closet. We're getting closer. We started early, so we got a good time to get in here. So chapter 9, verse 32 through 35. More scriptural evidence. This is concerning uh, Peter. And Peter passed throughout all the quarter quarters. And he came also to the saints which were at Lydda. And there he found a certain man named Aeneas, which had kept his bed eight years and was sick of palsy. And Peter said unto him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ, make thee whole. Rise, arise, and make thy bed. And he arose immediately. And look, what does it say? And all that dwelt at Lida, or Lida and Saron saw him and turned to the what? Why did they turn to the Lord? Because of the power. First the what? Then the what? How do we get the power? We got to go into prayer. We got to stay in prayer. We got to stay in prayer. And oh, by the way, oh, pastor, why'd you have to push back those tortillas from time to time? Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Mm. And then after that happened, a cripple's healed and everybody turns out to, from the city to get saved. Look at verse uh, 36 that's this is while peter's out on his little and there was at joppa a certain disciple named tabitha which by interpretation it's called is called dorcas this woman was full of good works and alms deeds which she did and it came to pass in those days that she was sick and died whom when they had washed, they laid her in the upper chambers, a chamber, for as much as Lida, or Lida, Lida was nigh to Joppa. And the disciples had heard that Peter was there. They sent unto him two men, desiring him that he would not delay to come to them. Then Peter arose and went with them. And when he was come, they brought him into the upper chamber and all the widows stood by him weeping and showing the coats and the garments which Dorcas made while she was with them. But Peter put them all, uh, put them all forth and kneeled down and prayed, turning him to the body and said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes. And when she saw Peter, she sat up and he gave her his hand and lifted her up. 
And when he had called the saints and the widows presented her alive, and it was known throughout all Joppa, and many believed in the Lord, and it came to pass that he tarried many days in Joppa with one Simon the Tanner. Hallelujah. First the what? Then the many believed in the Lord. So we could go on and on, but I think that's scriptural evidence. The next chapter is chapter 10, uh, Peter going up, having a vision. He's at Joppa. We leave him at Joppa. He, he, has a, he goes up at the sixth hour to pray. Imagine that. Peter and John were going up to the prayer closet in the temple when they met the man at the gate beautiful. Peter goes up to pray on top of uh, uh, Simon's house, the tanner, and while he's there, he gets a vision, and the Lord says, go with these men that are coming to you, and he goes to Cornelius's house, who was a uh, Roman centurion, and he gets there, and bam, the power falls. They're all saved. They're all filled with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Revival is going to make this thing easy, real easy. The only thing is getting past every excuse, every distraction to do what he's called you to do. I don't know what he's called you to do. I'm not your Lord. I'm not the Holy Spirit. All I'm doing is saying, encouraging you that everybody has an assignment. Everybody has an assignment. Hallelujah. Let's all stand together. Well, Father, we praise you. We have scriptural evidence to stay in there and not relent. And we're asking you in the days ahead that we'll continue to know that as it was in the book of Acts, so will it be in the time where you bring forth a great outpouring over this city, over this region, and wherever anybody else is watching and claiming revival. But Lord, the power must come first. And for us to receive the power, we know we must give you all of the authority through prayer. So now we're asking you to continue to minister your life and your grace to this congregation, to everyone watching, we bless you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.